screen. Blog Talk Radio. And that will allow you to join us here. Welcome to our talk radio. Come back home. 
is a long time for some people. So know that I'm always grateful. I'm always humbled. I always take great responsibility for what we do with two hours of your time. And I believe today will be one of those special days where you will be glad that you were here. You might want to invite a friend. You might want to invite a family member. You might want to invite a friend of me. Just invite someone to like and share the show from wherever you are right now, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, YouTube, um, my EarthCam page, and even in the archive. Please like, share, subscribe, support, and let's continue to co-create sacred space here in this virtual temple, if you will, that we choose to come together and, and meet in each and every every day at high noon. I am also so humbled to introduce and, or I should say reintroduce and invite my cousin, Oloye Ifawole, Oladeji Ifantade, Chief Priest Baba Awo of Ile Iste, Ile Isese Oladeji, Inner Consciousness Spiritual Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I am also grateful and honored to have Omorokini Katchukwu Omorokini Katchukwu, who is the owner of Destiny Ashe LLC, who will be helping us to share and talk about and explore cleaning, cleansing, and clearing with us today on this powerful edition of Revolutionary Voodoo, New Orleans Voodoo Secrets and Recipes. The beloved Denise Augustine is occupied, <laughs> so she might not be with us again today, but indeed, all is a blessing. She is a vital component to my team and my house in my ministry and what I do here. So I'm grateful anytime that indeed she takes that moment to sit and share with us and, and teach in this sacred space that we all create here each and every day at high noon. I'm grateful for my chat greetings of Tamisha Gilbert, um, Craig Burns, um, Ms. Shaw, 610 Ford, Esmerie, Neophyte Bokor, uh, Nathan Burns, um, N- Nina Lloyd, tell it like it is. I'm always grateful for your showing up and your participation and often your lively conversation in the chat. I would certainly appreciate your tuning in your webcam and co-hosting with us as well today as we introduce this powerful topic and share with you on today. Of course, my phone lines are available at 845-277-9143. I'm just now opening the Blog Talk Radio chat. 845-277-9143. Please press the number one. That helps me to better see your hand, and then I will bring you into the conversation um, as well. So I want to start with... um, well, first, before before I move forward with the intro, um, it took everything in me. I'm just being honest with y'all right now. <laughs> when uh, the beloved um, Omar Rokini 
and I pray I'm pronouncing your name correctly, when she sit over the, the subject matter, that sort of Labor Day, Virgo, 11-11-33-66 thing kind of kicked in, and I had this whole layout outlined in my mind. Oh, I would talk about this, and I would talk about that, and, you know, kind of how I would go at cleaning, cleansing, curing, you know, um, but I said, I want this to be indeed organic. And for sure, I want it to be a platform where people are able to share our various perspectives and experiences within this umbrella of, of ATR, um, traditional African um, religious systems. So normally, my cousin would tell you, I can be a bit of a, a lecturer and a bore, and, and I can talk a long time, <laughs> you know, but I'm not going to do that today. I'm not going to sort of create my idea. Of, of what this conversation is. And, and so I'm going to let my cousin speak and, and reintroduce themselves, but I really want um, our beloved guest to sort of set the tone, to, to, to bring that Iami and that mother wit and that, that divine goddess energy and sort of set a tone first for how we approach her subject matter, her, her title. And then I, again, invite everyone to... Be nice, play nice, participate, treat our invited guests well, and bring your questions, your comments, and indeed um, your quests. Now, let me make sure I unmute myself so I can hear y'all. Okay, there we go. All right, greetings, Oloye. Come on in, cousin. What are we doing, Mother Shisei? Good to see you here. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm grateful to be here with everybody. I hope today everybody will be blessed by the perspective that we are bringing, the subject matter that we're bringing today, and that everybody will join us, questions, whatever you have. Um, everybody knows my name is Aloy, Fulole, Oladeje, Epuntade, Chief Priest Fulole, Isheshe, Oladeje in Oklahoma City. And so today, um, you know, I just hope to, to bless people with, with assistance and knowledge today. And Amaro King uh, is one of my uh, God uh, children, per se. I don't like using children. She's one of my, my, my God people. And so, you know, having her to come today to be a part of this, it, it means a lot to me because she's uh, very special, she's very important to me. And so to have her to come and to share uh, this subject matter is one of her special key areas. So you know, I look forward to learning from her today as well. Thank you, Alafia, to everyone. I definitely thank you for the invite and I'm extremely happy to be here. Um, I've been listening over the past few weeks, and I totally enjoy the show, and so it's been a part of who I've become and who I am, so I'm definitely happy to talk, talk about this topic today. Um, if it's okay, I'll just introduce myself a little bit. I am um, Amora Kini Chufu. Um, I go by Kat, but I'm Amora Kini Chufu. Um, I am the owner of Destiny E-Ray. Everyone says I say, but it's Destiny E-Ray. It's a transformational service. I am in that service. I have a cleaning service, a cleansing service. I do coaching, and I am also a community um, certified prenatal consultant. So 
So within that, I bring all beautiful beginnings all around in the cleaning area and the cleansing area, starting from foundation into all the things that we desire and who we are to be um, within the people that we are. So I do that in a whole service offering that in one-on-one. Um, and also as a team, um, I, I bring teams on to develop those things just as well. So I'm happy to be here. Um, I would love to get everyone's input about this conversation. It's one of those things that I also would like to make organic as possible. So definitely all, all topics and conversations are welcome. But um, cleaning and cleansing, and as we clear, that's one of the, the very, very foundational topics that's very important to me, no matter what journey that we start. And so as we use our magic and we invest in people that we are and, and what we become, that's one of the main things, um, especially as we learn in our ephod tradition, um, our ori to cleanse, that's one of the first things. So that being one of the foundations in the cleansing development is kind of where we start with what we do. And so, you know, talking on those topics today and getting around that and definitely um, your environment, that's one of my biggest keys is making sure that our environment is also done in those areas. Um, in the most holistic way possible. So, yes, that's who I am. That's what I do. And so, we're ready to talk as soon as possible. <laughs> well, again, it's too easy for me to, to talk. It comes to me. <laughs> uh, and, and I didn't want to just sort of take over. But, you know, again, when I saw cleaning, cleansing, and clearing, uh, it's sort of my natural Virgo thing to sort of organize ideas and concepts and what that looks like in my head and it immediately made me think about what I do every day you know in my house and in the ministry but indeed in the tradition um, there's something you just said about um, and I can't remember verbatim because I was trying to attend the chat uh, but it gave me the, the thinking and the mindset that in voodoo we don't approach really anything without some sort of cleansing some sort of purifying, um, like going into to the surgery or going into a medical facility. I mean, you're going to scrub up, you know, you're going to prepare yourself for the space. And indeed, we like to approach sacred space because healing, I think of healing when I think about cleaning, cleansing, and clearing first, healing. Uh, because before you can clean a person, place, or thing, uh, or, or item, again, you've got to clean your own hands. And you got to come from a place of being willing to your own self-healing. I've said on previous shows that I'm always alarmed when I'm, you know, at my medical provider, you know, I'm I'm, I'm making sure my diabetes is in check and someone comes in 200 pounds overweight, you know, with RN or or some kind of title, you know, on, on their outfit. And it makes me think, you know, how are we taught to view healing? in the West, and, and what is healing really? Because we often want to take a pill. We often want the quick fix. We'd rather get the surgery than do the hard work. You know, we, we'd rather take some shortcut than go, you know, sort of through the middle of, of whatever might need to be cleansed, cured, uh, 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 cleared, you know, and, 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 um, and removed in many cases. So in all things, voodoo, even in cleaning, I think first about ancestors, you know, for indeed it's the ancestors of the healer, the practitioner, those within the lineage, the practice who've come before, 
who sort of passed down that ashe, their energy, their technique, their wealth of knowledge to the next individual. So the ancestors are always present. And of mm-hmm. course, the person, place, or thing has that ancestral attachment to it as well. So even in the healing, I, I take the time in voodoo to sort of acknowledge that. And then there's your own head. Um, in voodoo, we call that labe tet. That might be Ibori in Ifa. Uh, but the idea that our first greatest self-god is, is more important than what any Loa or Orisha or outside force can sort of do for us. Mm-hmm. If, again, the cleansing that starts from the center, that starts from, from, from within us. Um, and then, of course, I think of nature. People somehow think Ifa and, and voodoo is uh, witchcraft. And indeed, it's nature. And nature can be magical. Childbirth is both magical and uh, in, in some cases might appear supernatural. But it is indeed nature. And in the ideas of what in Yoruba you refer to as Ewe Pele, we go to the tree, the root, the plant, the soil, the dirt, you know, in addressing not just our physical ailments and, and healing, but also for our, our nourishment and the nourishment of our ideas and our families and our goals and our communities. And then, of course, there are the spirits and the spiritual realm, which might intervene. Uh, when I was in another life, I thought I was going to be a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Uh, but I kept becoming aware of this absence of connection to spirit in sort of that education. Mm-hmm. Everything is not entirely chemical. Everything is not entirely mm-hmm. biological. So sometimes there are things we indeed have to clean off, that we have to clear, that we have mm-hmm. to remove from an, an environment energetically, spiritually. So th- th- that's the first place, you know, that I sort of think about when I saw cleaning, cleansing, and clearing before I approach whether it be a person, place, thing, even self, I apply those sort of ideas first in going at the, what might be looked at as an examination. You know, we have an examination and in labs and tests and then we get a diagnosis and then we have maybe therapies and remedies that are presented or exercises and applications that are, that are presented prescriptions that might be presented. Uh, I think in, in E5, that would be EPO to some degree. So, you know, that, that's where I begin and how I organize what that looks like, whether I'm doing it for myself or even for other people. Um, even in my own self-healing when I was young and broken and on the street and felt unloved and, and felt devalued uh, by my family and, and by, my, by the world, um, even sort of without consciously being aware of it, it was ancestors, Ori, my, my own head, nature, and, and spirit that sort of saved me and mm-hmm. guided me and sort of led me to healing, even when I didn't know what I needed mm-hmm. or when I didn't know what I, you know, sort of desired. I think there's a concept in Ifa, um, Ella, and the idea that, you know, indeed we have our ancestors and then our head, but then that guiding force 
a Christian might call a Bible or a Muslim might call a Quran. Indeed, we're looking at the Odu. In, in voodoo, it might just be do to sort of speak remedies and formulas and patterns and cycles and seasons that might apply to our, our healing and need for cleansing, clearing in any given, in given moment. So, beloved, please find your voice because the beloved divine prince can talk. <laughs> so you know I totally agree with what you're saying and I, I love the fact that things can be spoken so universal um, and the way that you say it is the same thing that I, I go about it and to understand that we are the co-creators of our own life we can create what we choose to do and it's just like when we're lost um, and not knowing that void feeling we always have some point of where we choose to go so, you know, being able to, to co-create your space and being able to develop what true you looks like, that's a clearing in itself. And then, you know, I want to feedback on what you said about that it, it takes a, cleaning, a clean person in order to clean another person. You know, we both need, we all need that healing space. You know, it's a, it's a healing thing. And it, it's very important because when you don't, it's repetitive. It becomes a repetitive train. And so you're you're trying to be approached to be healed by someone who haven't first taken that approach on their own self. It's not it's not going to be the um it's not what you're looking for. It's not going to be the whole package of what you're looking for. So yeah, you know it's definitely important to heal from foundation and from the bottom in order to get those those true meanings. And inside of that is to understand things like what we. Um, sometimes also called affirmation. And so it's just the transition of your head, making sure that you repeat yourself into those things of um, what's best for you. And all of that can start at root. All of that is a, is a clearing and a cleansing um, method and, and state of mind frame. And then when you say um, those hidden forces, that's so important. Those are the things that we don't pay attention to. So we do have to target that. You know, we look at surface level versus um, looking at the things that, that we don't see, but they provide more of that energetic feel. I hear you say all the time that every time, you know, all the energy that that'll ever be is already here. And so a lot of that is things that we never we never see. And so those things that, you know, we try and cover surface level, it goes a little bit deeper than that. And that's where finding that space into what looks totally different than what our norm of chemical cleaning. Um, really does. It's kind of, you know, making sure that we go into that holistic fact. So, you know, I love that you say that. I love that we can kind of translate these things in different ways for understanding. And that's kind of where I start a lot with um, people that, with my clients, people that just only see the the foundational level. And so I even also, um, I create a cleaning supply that's holistic. And so just using natural things like our natural um, oils and things like that into cleaning supplies, you don't know what you're feeling in that environment, but you're feeling something. And so it's kind of transitioning that mind and just getting even the eye that don't see to open up a little bit um, wider. So, you know, through conversation, um, through the way that we just kind of approach things that level one, level two, to meet people on their own level, all of those things, that's a process of that whole clearing and cleansing um, factor. So, yeah. I, I, I believe, too, agree. that, you know, we, we all believe, I'm sure, I can assume that we all agree that science is still catching up. It seems science still can't quite explain, math still doesn't, you know, quite explain 
And you talked about sort of those unseen, unknowable things. And for our our sorcerers in the audience, we, we might identify that as, as dark matter mm-hmm. and dark space, which is still to some mm-hmm. degree unknowable. Well, what, what right. pushes and what moves and what creates and what moves uh, momentum in, in these dark areas that we can't see, identify, and, and it's our shadow work often. Uh, mm-hmm. We, as extensions of the divine being, the divine creators, come here to sort of learn a, 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 a individualistic lesson, at least so we think. But our personal lessons and our personal journey weaves the fabric that is humanity, that is spirit. And, and so we come and we learn our lessons, and sometimes we, we, we stub our toe and, and we get up and, and we move on. But, oh, my oh, beloved, we live in a day now when, when people really feel darkness. People, mm-hmm. people are, are talking about being hexed and, and cursed and, and yeah. bound and, and having, you know, hanks put on them. Uh, and then, of course, there's the mental health element that is still greatly under-discussed mm-hmm. in our community, people of color, black people. Uh, we, we still don't like to talk about mental health. Uh, we think everything is crazy, and, and then we have various definitions of what crazy is. Um, we don't see mental health the same way we do health and wellness, uh, the way my uh, beloved cousin might teach it mm-hmm. in martial arts, you know, when, when, when we're looking at it from a more physical place. But I'm sure even he would agree it's not centered in a physical place. Mm-hmm. And particularly when we're looking at martial arts, there's that mental, spiritual, ori, meditative, breathing component that also goes along with that, that body action and that body language. And as a performer, we talk about uh, physical memory. So I might give you choreography. I might say I want you to move to the left, move to the right, dip at a certain beat. Uh, and, and when you hear that at first, you know, your body has to catch up. And so you have to do that a few times. You have to rehearse that. You have to practice that. And then it goes into physical memory. And there's a combination of, we talked about this before, uh, my cousin and I, there's a, a rhythm and a cadence and a harmony, you know, in, in the combining of oriki or prayer or chants or mantras, uh, which is another approach that I add and take to to healing. Mm-hmm. What are we saying? What are we thinking? What do we believe about ourselves? What do we believe about who we are? What do we believe about what we are capable of becoming? I thought about that, just that word, um, becoming, in a very unique way a little earlier today. You still have to be in the becoming. There still has to be a place of being, you know, and then in the coming part, that's the future projection. How do you see yourself moving forward in the future? It, you know, we often seek a, rem- a remedy to a problem to just stop the pain, you know, right now. Just just remove this block right now without wanting to really look at the root of, of what it is that we're indeed cleansing and clearing. Mm-hmm. Indeed, we don't want to have to do it again. Indeed, we don't want the same sickness, the same dis-ease, the same blockages reasserting themselves when we can apply means of uh, defense, uh, prophylactic 
health and wellness measures. So I also look um, from an mm-hmm. elemental perspective when I when I consider healing, the earth, the water, mm-hmm. fire, air. In the indigenous communities uh, here in Louisiana, uh, we think about the medicine wheel and we think about the colors black, white, yellow, red, and then mm-hmm. that which is uh, unseen or unknowable, which is often symbolized by translucent water or even quartz crystals. And so, is it a physical block? Is it a physical that we're cleansing? Is it just the water, you know, and, and the natural antibiotic properties of the water? Or is indeed it something spiritual? Is it is it about fluidity? Is it about a block in how we see ourselves, how we identify? Is it about a block that's beyond our awareness? Is it about breath? I pay attention, close attention to how people breathe. And breath can speak about hesitancy, can suggest blocks, congest where people are not ready to go or are ready to mm-hmm. venture in terms of going through whatever might be creating that thing that they seek uh, any one of us out for the, the cleansing. I certainly don't go into any um, cleansing ceremony for myself or anyone else or even a space uh, without divination mm-hmm. and getting some real understanding of, of what it is and what forces are at work, and and then how do we best apply nature and our own behavior and activities to sort of alleviate the problem uh, and indeed grow and and develop from it. Yeah, so as you, like I say, you know, protecting yourself is one of the key things as you're going into those spaces. Like you say, you know, um, of divination, uh, I, I definitely hear you in what you're saying and agree to you know, getting that full pledge of what needs to be done from the root because everybody, everything is observed differently. Everybody, like you said, we call crazy a certain thing. Crazy to some person is something different to everybody else. So, of course, our healing is different as well. So, you know, um, the foundation of what that looks like individually is definitely important as well as um, that's why getting to know thyself. That's to me what that kind of translate as is it's one of those healthy moments of you find yourself from foundation, even something as simple as breathing. I like to read it as, you know, um emotional, like you said, when I do inside of the house, I can tell by how much dust is accumulated in, in that space because it's that that energy that we don't see. You know, I relate dust as into that nasty dark matter. And so it's really, really um, relevant to pay attention to the outside of things that we just don't look at with those first two eyes. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I totally agree. And dust tends to settle on things, places, like moss. Uh-huh. My grandma used to say a rolling stone gathers no moss. And so dust settles where things don't move or mm-hmm. are stagnant or are not being used or haven't been used for a very long time you know, mm-hmm. or occupying, you know, space uh, for whatever reason. But but clearly are not, hands are not being laid on, <laughs> you know, right. In, right. in the process. So, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, even as a child, before I understood anything about magic or voodoo or, or witchcraft or astrology or anything, but just how um, 
detail-oriented I was and how, how I was able to pay attention to just such what others might consider to be very minute details, uh, but it would speak volumes to me about what I was looking at or what I was experiencing or, or what is happening. And so sometimes we don't have that clear eye, that clear understanding, uh, particularly when it comes to self. And, and so yeah. we seek an expert. I, I like to use the medical industry. You know, we, we seek a specialist, we seek a doctor, and we expect them to first do an examination mm-hmm. and find out who you are and where you come from and, and what your family uh, bloodline is, you know, what their history, medical history might be. And that's that ancestors. That's that, you know. Mm-hmm. And then depending on how the patient might come forward, um, as a competent practitioner, I have to consider mental health every single time. Every single time. Uh, because people will convince you of their own delusions if you allow them to. You know, and, and so like any doctor, where's the pain? What is your experience? What does that feel like? What does that look like? And, and they literally go through a Rolodex of experiences and history in their head to sort of figure out what's happening. So, you know, everything is not a hank. Everything is not a spell. Everything is not the other woman, you know, mm-hmm. that's trying to disrupt your life. And, you know, I, I have to think about these things, uh, beloved. Um, Omoro Kini. Omoro Kini. Am I saying okay. it right? Yes. Okay. I have to think about those things because uh, in, in what I call result-oriented practice, uh, people are often coming to us with real issues. And again, unless we want to become enablers in repetitive sick behavior in our communities, we as practitioners and ministers and Ianifas and Babalaos and, and, and Sankomas and healers have to be in the business of healing mm-hmm. and, and eradicating dis-ease. So mm-hmm. we, we, we have to look at ancestors, which are in your blood, uh, physically and, and spiritually, but we also have to look at the head. What is the health? What speaks of health versus sickness in the request? Um, and then I sort of zero in on what the symptoms are. Like a physician, well, what are your symptoms? How, how does that show up uh, in your life? And then I consult the fox, you know, and, and getting a much more detailed um, sort of historic approach to that vibration. I think often, you know, as a voodoo representative, people expect me to speak Creole all the time, you know, to speak uh, Fon or Yoruba all the time. Um, and I speak a lot of math uh, and a lot of quantum metaphysics. Um, and, and people often say they can relate to that. I, I, I put even that in a way that we can better mm-hmm. understand. Um, and I was grateful to hear you sort of say some things that I had said that I didn't say today, mm-hmm. which let me know that you actually listened to my show. And I appreciate, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, and I really, really do appreciate that. Um, but, you know, we live in these 11, at least 11 dimensional spaces, at least. Yeah, you know, I must be honest, um, when, you know, even some of us practitioners have to realize when we recognize people in those state of frames without it being said and without it being a part of the moment, you know, um, as I've 
done employment and I've just brought people on in the process, you, 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 you're just not as alert to what that looks like until long term. And so that's very, you know, important, no matter what, when you were those roles in order to kind of pay attention to what that looks like, because we're all, we all have a balance of mental health. That's part of our nature. That's our, that's just who we are. It's on the bloodline. But at some sense, you know, it's, as practitioners, it's important to know the steps of how to recognize those things without it being first, especially here um, in Oklahoma. And I can say that because I hear also with you, there's a lot of uh, experience there. Here, there's not, there, this is a new transition to a lot of people. They're finding themselves, they're, they're struggling between just what you said, the put a spell on me or I did something wrong or joining a group here that's just not in what's right. And they're in confused of what that's starting to look like mentally. And it's starting to affect in so many ways without things have already been healed and, and all kind of steps and processes. So there's so much of, of newness of what that looks like, you know, so this platform, I just definitely want to say thank you because it's important for the right person of learning that because we're dealing with that without even having to be put in a spot and people come to us. It's just there daily. So, you know, recognizing those things of how severe that looks, it's, it's just real and it's becoming more and more real. So. And we're—I uh, don't know if comp- competition is the right word. I have to find another word. Uh, but we're sort of at war with mm-hmm. pop, pop culture, television, radio, what is said and done and demonstrated in, in celebrity world. You know, in terms of addressing mental health, wellness, prosperity, and, and the pathways sort of to that. And so mm-hmm. there's whole dimensional spaces. Again, we live in at least. 11 dimensional spaces in order to create this this reality. Uh, it, it's in these moments that I like my polished quartz crystal. I uh, mm. like this double terminated quartz crystal, meaning it has a point, a natural point at, at both ends. But it has 18 windows, again, suggesting at least 18 realities, dimensional spaces, ways of sort of viewing things. So there are aspects of our community who are only learning by demonstration, mm-hmm. who are not necessarily picking up a book or being well-mentored or being well-taught or instructed. And so they're absolutely watching what we do, who, who's successful, what does success look like to them, how, how do, we, do they believe that shows up, do what's in their face. And, and we put a lot of pressure on young people in, in that regard. Because typically a teenager is, is learning about materialism and ownership and having things and popularity, you know, as we all do when we go through our sort of adolescent and, and teen years. But there's a degree of it now that's just in the culture. And so when we look at the reality TV shows, when we look at the news, when we look at, you know, uh, even what's supposed to be educational and edifying, um, we, we have to look at that dyma- dynamic of capitalism, commercialism, which mm-hmm. ultimately leads to conversations that people don't want to talk about. Colonialism, mm-hmm. white supremacy, racism, mm-hmm. how, how all these things sort of lay at the, at the foundation of many of our, our reasons to need cleaning, mm-hmm. clearing, cleansing, mm-hmm. uh, PTSD, post-traumatic slave disorder, you know, we are all to some degree, and you suggested that, so, so you didn't say it right out loud, but you suggested that, you know, it's in our blood, it's in our DNA, it's in our lineage, just as is our greatness, 
our abilities, our skills, our, our talents, our, our artistry, but that pain still remains a part of shadow work in a great deal of, of our society. No matter what your religion, Christians, Muslims, Jews, Hotepu, you know, not very many people are, are really willing to address that, which is hard, which is complicated, which takes some work. Um, and again, I like to use my cousin and what he does as sort of a demonstration of that, particularly now because I'm, I'm doing PT right now, which is new for me. I've never done PT in my entire life. So three, you know, at least three days out of the week, I'm doing physical training and I'm you know, getting up and getting down and picking up weights and just doing all kind of stuff that I've never ever, ever done in my life before. But so, so I am teaching what I'm absolutely willing to demonstrate that interconnection between the health of our bodies and the health of our minds. We cannot separate, you know, I'm just going to do physical training and not address what you eat, what you drink, how you live, what your routine is. You cannot just say, I'm only concerned about my financial health. My, my financial well-being is most important. But, but you're neglecting your body. You, you're neglecting your health, and then you've got children depending on you, spouse depending on you, and, and your body might fail at any given moment. You cannot say, I'm only concerned about my spiritual well-being and, and neglect your finances and, and, and neglect, you know, the, the wealth of your household. You know, and, and the brand that is your family. I'm trying to incorporate more younger language into the conversation. <laughs> you know, there has to be an inner mixing of those 11 dimensional spaces. And also, along with that string theory, for those of you who want to Google that, it's, it's string theory that teaches that we live in at least 11 dimensional spaces at once in order for this reality to exist. So in plain English, you live in the past, in the present, in the future, right now. Right now. Because once it's gone, it's the past. It's a memory. It's a dream. If it's in the future, it's just the imagination. It's a projection of how we might view. But it's real. In the concept of 11-dimensional spaces, it's already real. So that what you already believe is already real. And it's only reinforced every time you say, I'm broke, I'm fat, I'm, I'm not what I want to be, I'm not what I want to look like. Every time you say that, you're forcing the universe to, to magically reproduce that demonstration but because you're pulling that from one of those 11-dimensional realities. But when you project that which is in your best interest, because you have to, in the becoming, you have to be capital B, capital E, you have to be. But then in the coming, that's part of the projection. Becoming of what? And so that, that requires a little imagination. That requires a little self-confidence. That requires you having a dream. That requires you having some image beyond where you are right now, physically, spiritually, mentally. You know, when I was a kid on the street, you know, at 14, 15, 16, homeless, nowhere to go, trying to find my, my way, trying to spend hours sometime before the shelter would open. Um, I went to the wealthiest neighborhoods I could find. And, and to tell you how the voodoo worked, I was never, you know, guilty by being black. <laughs> I never had a problem with the police. Give thanks to the ancestors. 
I, I was never, you know, profiled for being that, you know, who is this odd voodoo guy walking through the richest, wealthiest communities um, of America. But I, w- I would do it to pull that ashe. I would do it to pull that power. And it wasn't because I coveted the stuff. It wasn't because, I, you know, I, I just dreamed of having that house or that car or, or, or living like the Kardashian or, or, or just living like the reality show. But I understood from even the earliest years of my, my training and my exposure to ATR that there was an, an IJ connected to that. Mm-hmm. There, 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 I see my cousin nodding his head. There was an a energy that I, and I would pull that in. So that, that projection of I am healthy, I can see myself healthier, I can see myself wealthier, I can see myself happier, I, I teach that you begin your, your affirmations from be who and what you are right now, which is everything. We have innately and inherently everything that we need right now in this moment. Doesn't mean we have all the material stuff we need. Doesn't mean we're in the best of health we need in this present moment. But indeed, we have everything that we need in order to create and recreate the reality that mirrors our best interests wherever we are, you know, on our journey. So to separate the mental health from a discussion, to separate the talk about being vegan, vegetarian, being more holistic from the from the conversation, it, it's a sort of break up. But it's really a whole package of of wholeness, you know. So we can't just focus in on, on the diabetes and not focus in on what makes you eat those things that are poison to you. We, we can't just say, I want to stop, you know, quit smoking, but then not focus on those things that make you want to smoke in the first place, but then keep you connected, you know, to the smoking. Today, that's seen as new age. Today, that's seen as you know, some PowerPoint that somebody does an infomercial at 2 o'clock in the morning and sells to you. But it's so indigenous to us that, that operate, you know, within these traditions. It's so indigenous to our ancestors. We, we've just been uh, deprogrammed mm-hmm. in, a, in this industrialized, capitalistic, you know, I can go down the list of isms. We, we've just been deprogrammed from nature and our connection back to um, nature. I'm going to say yeah. one more thing before I shut up, um, Queen Chukwu. I also <laughs> took note that you have a, a Igbo name, and I have a great degree of Igbo blood in, in my lineage. And, and I always talk about on my show how it is that Nigeria, just Nigeria, has 200 ethnic groups in it. And somehow we all just sort of settle in on the Yoruba. You know, and, and I'm grateful to the Yoruba. The Yoruba might be saving ATR as a whole uh, by making itself more present, more universal, more accessible, uh, more easy to understand. You know, when you start going into Spahn and Akan and Ewe, you know, and Alpha, there's that issue in Igbo, there's that issue of language. For many Westerners, you know, and even even with the Yoruba, we have people that struggle with that. I struggle with that. Um, but, you know, I just find that interesting how, you know, many of us in doing our ancestry know that we are a product of, of many generations and many blood and, and many ancestors. 
but somehow it's 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 what I like to call Ifa voodoo that mm-hmm. keeps bringing us back to the center, and, and it's probably yeah. going to unify Africans globally long term moving forward. I definitely um, I'll speak on that for a quick second. So I definitely owe um, all of this to Ifa. Um, I didn't know anything about African tradition and. and um, Ifa was the first way that I got into connecting up, even understanding who I was as an Igbo. Um, so that definitely connected that. And as to um, the name given in my initiation, Amorakini, it definitely means, um, similar to what you just said, it's the connection into bringing people together and allowing um, people to be known all over. So um, I definitely say that anyone that's interested in the Ifa tradition, um, it's definitely beneficial to getting to know thyself. It's definitely, like we were saying, starting at the foundation of, of the root. So um, I definitely owe it to that. And um, taking back off of what you just said a little while ago, it, it just kind of, everything you said puts me in the mind to understand that we are the co-creators of our own world. When we think about what it is that we want, that past, present, future, for those 11 dimensions, it's easier to, to get to our children, you know, than it is to sometimes transform and transfer the mind of, of the adult into just that thinking, because we um, we can we can let them know that, that you don't stay and you don't stay there in the past, and that's kind of how where a lot of the whole mental health and a lot of that comes from is because we wary about the past instead of understanding that that's something that you can control and that's something that you can do. And so, yeah, I just had to speak on that for a quick second, but that's part of the cleansing process. It's part of the cleaning. It's part of all of that is to remove because in order to grow, in order to come, to become, just like you said, you have to understand what those aspects are. So, you know, just just understanding the release, the pressure of what that looks like is definitely um, transformational to well-being and to, to getting over that hump, to working together in that process of, of getting to where we need to be. So, yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And um, I wanted to add to that, but I'm just, again, I'm a little distracted by the chat. Um, Neophyte Bokor, I, I say it's you because we're here. We, the three of us, could not be here without that link. So I, I'm not understanding why, why it's happening to you, why it's just you. And so far, no one else has has suggested or tried to uh, use the link and told me that they, they could not. So that's why I say it's got to be your, your security, your account, uh, make the device you're using. I, I, I don't know. It's just not a question. It's easy for me to sort of answer um, right in the middle of the show. Um, and of course, you know I want you in because you're one of my regular co-hosts, Neophyte Bokur, Will turn on his webcam and, and share. Uh, but we're here, so I can't really explain why you can't, but we can. Other than it's your browser, your device. Uh, maybe you need to clear out your uh, cookies, uh, depending on what you're using, and, and, and come at it again. But um, so far, we're here, and no one else has said that they can't. Yeah, um, and, and and again, we're talking about this in a very sort of lucid and 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 generalized way. Um, again, when when the common request is, um, 
bring my man back, bring my woman back, um, help me to address, you know, wealth without any blueprint behind that, behind, without any, you know, plan, greater plan behind that. How do we then get those mindsets to then think about um, I am a co-creator with the universe, so all things begin and end with me, that, that, that I must consider my hands, my head, my heart, my consciousness, and, and what I expect life and the universe to sort of, you know, demonstrate for me. And there's a, there are those among us who are walking around very bitter, very angry. Uh, I, I get that. I was one of those people in my 20s. You know, and, and we're always anticipating better or special or more at every given corner. But, but at the same time, gritting your teeth, clenching your fists. You know, one of my elders say, you can't receive the blessing with your, with your fists clenched. And so we then go into healing. We go, then go into to a reading uh, somehow separate from our own presence, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the result that, that we seek. If you can somehow fix them and theirs and that place, then everything will be well, you know, in my world. How, how do we better position ourselves to sort of teach that when we're in competition with, with American Horror Story and American Gods and fantasy and fiction and entertainment? And, and so there's a, a generation right now that wants a quick fix, a, a quick repair um, when we think about healing. Yeah, you know, that that's absolutely true. It is that it's the quick fix generation and I do see that a lot. It's where we look for that outside versus looking for the inside. Um, you know, and I know it's one of those things that us getting people to understand that repetitive and that's why I really like what you said earlier into understanding who they are as individuals, um, getting to know what their anxieties is and what they're actually um searching for. It's the it's the outside love that you really needing to put back on the inside type thing, right? And so looking for, for those things that you're projecting to look for the outside and learning how to teach or learning how to have that person recognize what what they what that looks like and how to give that to themselves. I guess that's number one, you know, and then after that it, it's just that transformation of there. And so it's definitely as practitioners, you know, I, I really like what you said as far as the recognition of who that person is and getting to know those points of what that looks like so that you can use that, you know, to, to get them to see. I guess that's the only way that sometimes we do that. We have to we have to see that reverse on the inside of us. We have to see that because we are in a generation of quick fix. And when we're looking on the TV that, oh, you did this and you did this and it's now better tomorrow, it, it just really puts us in a harder place to um, – to think that those things are even possible. Right. And so, you know, you can even do that, but I think one of the um, comments on the chat was, you know, you have to have that healing on the inside before you can go on the outside. And that's very, very true. You, and you have to do that today. You can't worry about tomorrow. You can't worry about the future. So getting each other to recognize those things when we seek help, but then also recognizing what those things actually look like. Because a lot of that's mass covering, especially as we have a lot of social media things going on. So, you know. Yeah, yeah that, that was kind of a segue into my response to um, Nathan Burns. When you no longer have shadow work, you transcend. 
Mm-hmm. You transcend. When, when, when you no longer have shadow work, your, your need for humanity is, is not, not necessary. And so we're all here to sort of work through um, not just this life, but, but sometimes past, life, past lives and other aspects to our interdimensional selves that we always aren't ready to see or, or, or remember in, in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, without trying to give you a reading on, on, on what, without you coming into the space, um, you absolutely have, have shadow work to do and to address. Um, you know, and then there is, and this may or may not be you, but then there's the sort of narcissistic energy that people like Trump and others in our in our society have projected that many have now absorbed as sort of the norm. Oh, yeah. well, that makes it absolutely normal for me to be and to feel mm-hmm. and, and, and to act in this way. And, and I want to say that, you know, we are all sort of a mirror of the all. So there's some Trumpism in, in every single one of us, but that doesn't mean that we allow that to be. That doesn't mean that we allow that to exist. That doesn't mean that we allow that to grow. That doesn't mean that we allow that to become a part of our demonstration. And so that ori and that consciousness and that lave tet is critical to stepping into any act of healing. If a person, you know, doesn't feel sick, I'm not sick, you know, we see that particularly in our community. Some people say that particularly among black men, we don't like to see the doctor. I'm fine. Everything is good. You know, um, uh, let me take some Maalox. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let me, you know, let me pop a couple of aspirin and I'll be good. You know, until we're in deep distress, until mm-hmm. we're in deep pain. And so we see our relationships sometimes that way. We see our careers go, you know, off the rails sometimes that way. And, and, there's something about the human consciousness that um, there has to be a purpose for denial. There has to be a purpose for sort of our human ability to not see what gives us pain and, and, and discomfort. And I think it is to sort of protect us to some degree, you know, from, from you know, a, a meltdown. But there has to be a willingness to go to, to a doctor, to go to a spiritualist, to go to a ministry, to go to a, a, a therapeutic circle, to, to start delving into to health, wellness, meditation. There has to be a conscious choice to say, I love me. Mm-hmm. That's one of the affirmations that I, uh, that I teach. I am, mm-hmm. first, I am is your first mantra, by the way. I am. Just like God, just like Jehovah, just, I am is your first mantra. It not only says I am, but it unifies you with the I am, the, the divine creator. Um, but then that the, the, the mantra that I want to speak right now is I, I am or I love me. I love me more. I love me more than that. Because for some of us, I love me and I love me more is enough. But some of you need to say I love me more than that man. I love me more than this job. I, I love me more than this next pack of cigarettes. I love me more than this next, you know, bucket of deep fried, double fried, triple fried chicken. You know, I, I love me more. I love me more than. And so we've got to think in those terms to address healing on, on no matter what level we're looking at, whether it's 
you know, going to someone like my cousin and, and getting your body moving finally and getting up off the chair, you know, and, and doing some physical health and wellness or whether it's going to, um, to the queen, you know, and dressing, you know, what's happening spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Um, sometimes I'm sort of described as a voodoo, Yama Van Zandt. <laughs> and to some degree, that's true. It's a little Evan Zan in there. It's a little Dr. Phil in there. Uh, it's a little bit of my mom in there who's written uh, three books. It's a little mm-hmm. bit of my sister Wapani in there who's also written three books. Uh, but it's a great deal of my own journey in there mm-hmm. um, yeah. and how I walk through my own pain and my own healing. Exactly. I believe that's part of the creator's whole creation is that of, of how we are here to just get that to each other because you know it, it's hard for us to push our own self into our own motivation to that level it's hard for us to talk like that to our own self but we're easily able to encourage somebody else to the next level and that's what includes that's what built us practitioners that's what built people you know these type of podcasts we're ready to encourage that next person but yet we struggle with our own insecurities very very much and so that balance, the creator's balance of who we are and to just encouraging that next person sometimes because that's what's needed. That person needs that encouragement. We need each other to be who they are. That's part of the process of who we are in healing. That's part of that. We we are better together in the aspect, but it all inclines into us learning who we are so that we can share those stories. It's, it's reversed. It just keeps going and going and going. That's what builds us as ancestors. That's what keeps us going is learning who we are. But we need each other's help to do that. And so, you know, with that willingness, like you said, to say that I love me is very, very, very powerful because that allows me to be able to help the next person say, hey, you love your, you should look at you. I love you, love yourself. And so that's one of the things, you know, we shall not forget of, of what healing is really about is that we are here to help each other heal. Yeah. Um, Denise Augustine, um, our beloved elder, says it all the time. We're here to serve. Mm-hmm. We're here to serve because because if you're willing to accept that I am God, she is God, mm-hmm. we are God and the goddess, then we're here to co-create. Mm-hmm. We are here to serve. And so, indeed, we lay a foundation in this present moment in time space that reverberates back into past, but also forward into the future projection that mirrors our best interests. And we have an obligation to leave space better, improved, imprinted in a way that mirrors our best interest in what we may have found and or received even in our journey. Uh, I want to respond to something I thought was, was good in the chat. Um, Fatima-at reads, she says, post-traumatic slave disorder is intergenerational in our DNA, mind, body, and spirit. And this is why there needs to be a new church, temple, safe space to start the healing process. I absolutely agree 100%. And you're sort of reading my mind because that's a part of my projection. When I'm, you know, meditating and in my creative space and in my crystal zone, you know, and, and projecting a future in me as my best interest. I say it all the time. I see these churches and these empty churches and these churches that's got five, six, and seven mortgages on it. I, I see them being rehabbed into ancestral centers, mm-hmm. cultural centers, if you will. For indeed, we all have ancestors. And, and then in the cultural center sense, 
much like the the blueprint that the Black Panther Party and many other organizations of the 60s, 50s, 60s, and 70s demonstrated, but sort of a revival of that, that is the umbrella that is ATR. I, I, don't, I don't feel there needs to be a, a, a conflict between whether you choose to be Christian or Muslim or, or, or work Yoruba or Akan or any other indigenous practice, but there needs to be a space that is uniquely that, that is built in that. Um, and so that's my projection um, into the future. Uh, for myself, but for for all of us, in my imagination, you know, we are in a virtual sacred space right now. We, we choose to be here. It, you know, it's not necessarily the most, you know, private of spaces. Uh, you know, we're private in our own individual cubicles, but, but indeed we're visible to the world. But I think that, too, is necessary, that demonstration that, indeed, there are people who are walking in their truth, whether it be in France or UK, you know, or Belgium or, or, or Austria or Australia, people are walking in their truth. There is absolutely an alternative to sickness. There's absolutely mm-hmm. an alternative to disease. My cousin would say there's absolutely an alternative to stagnation and, and, and degradation in your body, and, and you can get up mm-hmm. and get active and, and, and realign your mind and your body. Mm-hmm you know, and create a reality that mirrors our image. The world is going to continue to get smaller, maybe not literally, but absolutely figuratively by way of technology, by way of of, um, our ability to to travel now, by way of the Internet. The world will continue to get smaller, and we'll get closer, and we'll be able to sort of examine and reexamine each other, um, however you may feel about that, to, to a greater degree, then we even feel uh, sort of examined uh, now. So mm-hmm. our ability to be true to our demonstration, there, there is no excuse. Um, Omar Rokini, me and, um, and, and the beloved, my cousin, we, we say this all the time. This is the last generation. Mm-hmm. There are no generations that can come after us that can say that I smelled, I, I thought I heard voodoo, hoodoo, conjure in my family and nobody talked about it. Nobody taught mm-hmm. it. Nobody demonstrated. Nobody made that make clear. And so, again, with all this technology, all these practitioners who, who've made the journey, whether it be to Cuba, to Brazil, to, to, to uh, South Africa, or to, to Nigeria, to Ghana, to those of us like myself who've never left the continent, there's an opportunity for us to turn on that which is already in your DNA. It's already in your blood. You know, and I when I first heard you say that 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 touched me dearly because it's one of those things that you know I I either spoke on and repeated to someone because it's you don't especially now we're learning all this in a new in a new aspect. This generally we learn we're relearning Christianity. That's pretty much where a lot of us came from, and so yet our children were still going down that route. But when you said that, it really touched me because it gives, it, it's no excuse because you learn as you teach or you teach as you learn and, and not be afraid of that. And I think that's where a lot of people are very afraid because you're still dealing with trying to get into that world yourself. But it's literally, this is what this teaching is about. It's about breaking that chain. It's knowing where you come from and you don't want to deprive the next generation. So I, too, encourage anybody that listens to don't be afraid to teach your children 
Don't be afraid to be authentic in who you are and what you're learning and learn it from the, the, the best way possible, you know, because it's really, that's the only way that we're going to be able to, to do this over, to change those generations. It's by not being afraid to teach our children. That's and right. that's just fact. I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. This is going to be very controversial. Some of y'all ain't going to like this for a, a, a myriad of reasons. Some of y'all are not going to understand this. But I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. I always felt that the closet hurted the LGBT community. I always felt that. Now, whether you agree or disagree as a member of that community, you have your rights. But I always felt that the one who could hide, who didn't have to be readily identified, like somebody mm-hmm. like me, or somebody like a T.S. Madison, I always felt that those of you who could go in and out hurt it, our ability to sort of open things up. Once upon a time, Poston Blanc here in Louisiana, here in the Deep South, it's a word that's still commonly used. That is people lighter than my cousin, much lighter, who might be able to pass as white. And so, so some people say, well, we, we pass for our survival. We remain in the closet for our survival. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that in context. So here's the other bird that I'm killing with, with, with that controversial statement. There's no more, oh, well, I, I do who do it in my private life, but then I go to church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to the Bible and having work done, but I'm still showing up, you know, at the mosque for Juma on, on Friday. Now, now, when you are clear and open and honest, I feel the same way about, you know, sexuality and sexual identity. You know, grown folks do what grown folks do, but be honest, be open, give me the right to say no, give me the right to, you know, come up with my own impression or opinion. Now, that's a whole different demonstration of religion. Mm-hmm. And so we know voodoo and, and, and conjure and, and indigenous practices have always been well integrated into quote-unquote organized religion. And a great deal of how we identify voodoo and Ifa, the very system of Dafa, is said to have come from the Middle East, by the way. Mm-hmm. Quite possibly Egypt, somewhere from the East, and, and mm-hmm. traders carried it to Ile Ife, where it was then further developed and, and turned into the, the sort of the cultural um, nuances that, that we know today. So we, we can't be hypocrites. Um, I, and I didn't look up that old dude either that says that a cat, a cat can't, cats walk the fence, humans should not. Cats walk mm-hmm. the fence, humans should not do that. So we, we are not in a time now where we have to hide. Mm-hmm. So at, at least in the West, at least where we are, it, it might be a political, it might feel uncomfortable, it might force a conversation you might need to have with your friends or your family or your religious peers, but we don't have an excuse now to sort of live our truth out in the open and, and be honest about living out that truth and, and then developing centers, communities all over the world, but ultimately here, you know, where we are, the, the, the children of Edo, um, and can reprogram, re-imprint so that the, the following generations don't think that church is indeed the only option. 
It's being a sacrifice for the next generation in the holistic community of what today looks like. You know, it's knowing that we are here to live our lives as just that. It's our lives and live for the next person. And so, like you say, there is no excuse into what that looks like once you've learned what that looks like. And and it's, it's just really important. Or like you said, we'll be in the closet and it'll be just repetitive and, and we won't be able to use who we are, be who we are. So, yeah. There's a legend here in the swamp just north of northwest of Lake Pontchartrain. Used to be a town, Frenier, and, and two other towns that were uh, said to have been cursed uh, by Hoodoo practitioner Aunt Julia Brown. And a hurricane came through on the day of her burial and wiped these three towns uh, literally off the map. And in and, and the, and the bayou, um, it's fresh on my mind because the, the episode of of uh, Nat Geo just aired an hour before the show, Atlas of Cursed Places. So I just watched it coming into the show. So it's fresh in my head. Um, but she sung this song in, 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 in accordance with that legend. One day I'm going to die and I'm going to take the whole town with me. And so I sing the same song today, but I add a refrain to that. So no matter what you do, you better respect the voodoo. Because mm-hmm. indeed, if we pass away, if we all, this present generation leaves with this Ifa knowledge, this Akan knowledge, this Ikbu knowledge in our head, and don't ensure that it is seated in the next generation, we're, we're going to leave a generation of black witches behind. Mm-hmm. A generation of those who are, uh, as the sister said earlier in the show, confused, doing a little bit of here, doing a little bit of there, adding a little bit of this, adding a little bit of that, and still not finding a clear and secure foundation upon which they can stand on. And a lot Mm -hmm. of that has to do with our sort of natural need for community. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we say peer pressure, but community. We want to do what the rest of the community is doing. We want to do what other black folks are doing. We don't want to look like we're the odd one out. We don't want to look like we're the, 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 uh, the, the uh, eccentric and ethnic and exotic looking one, you know, in the group. So th- there's that lemming mentality. It, it is said that if, you know, a, a bunch of lemmings run off a cliff, the, the rest of the herd is, is going to follow. The rest of, they're not a herd. What are they called? The rest of the litter. What are lemmings called in a group? But the rest of them will follow. And so we still operate in that way. And it's not just a black thing. Did, did you all see the political elections of the last few years? It's not just a black thing that operates in the tribal mentality, in a, in a herd-like mentality, in a, in a I'm going to follow this great leader-like mentality. It's a human condition. But for us in particular, who have to first shed off our own issues and blocks and problems, PTS, and are still confronted with racism, police killing. Um, the police was, uh, was found, was charged with manslaughter too, by the way. Not charged, was found guilty of manslaughter. Um, help me, y'all. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The court case of the day. Um, uh, the police officer who put his, put his knee on, on Floyd's neck. Uh, Siobhan, Chavin. Come on, yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, moments before we went on air, he was found um, 
guilty of manslaughter. And so I'm sure they're trying to quell the rioting and the protests that were sure to come, Rodney King style, um, had they have just let him off. Because it's happened so many times to us, you know, when, when these things happen. And every time it happens, there's a new wound, there's a new infection that's set up in the community. That's why I say, beloved, um, we all have shadow work. When, when you transcend shadow work, you transcend humanity. And so we all have shadow work to do. This, this thing doesn't end just because we can, you know, wave this wand, you know, right. today and, and go on into the, to the hereafter, into the never-never. And then our generations and our progeny, which is an extension of ourselves in this multidimensional reality we, we live in, then has to live through that. I also believe that we repeat what we don't face. Mm-hmm. Bob Marley said that He who run away lives to fight again another day And so that which is not cleaned up In, in this life or the last Or those previous You indeed sort of are forcing A renewal of your contract And that's what makes you know Mental health and, and suicide so dangerous mm-hmm. You know these, these people are sort of Now being forced to come back And redo life And redo the earth And redo the world are quite possibly in much worse conditions than what we are living in right now because the proverbial third world, world war three, the proverbial Armageddon really hasn't happened yet technically. So just imagine being reborn now in the next hundred years, you know, what conditions, you know, the world might be living and existing in. We would love to think technology would have moved so far ahead and the world will be so clean and, you know, we will be rid of racism and we will be rid of crime, you know, and murder. And, and indeed, that, that is a, a reality that exists in one of those dimensional spaces. Again, there's a, there's a dimensional space in string theory that's perfect. It, it mirrors what we have now. It mirrors our reality now. But you have everything you need. All your bills are paid. You have the love of your life. You have the, the, the children in the, in the best condition they could possibly be. And we pray and we do ebo and we pour libation to pull that vibration into this one. But there's also that reality that keeps you parents up at night. Mm-hmm. How am I going to pay these bills? How are we going to handle this dental bill? How are we going to handle this emergency car, you know, repair? You know, am I going to be able to provide? What are my children going to be left with beyond me? And, and in one of those beyond 11-dimensional spaces, that's, that's the reality. That, that's why you're up at night. That's why you feel it in your body. Because it's, a, it's real, but it's real outside of our present moment in time space. And so that's why I say it's in this moment, in all acts of healing, we go into the past. We, we are indeed standing in, in the present, but we also project into the future. What's the result? What would we like this to look like? What would we like this to feel like? And, and as a reader, and I'm speaking to readers specifically, beyond all the other things that the three of us do, but, but just to readers, so-called readers, tarot readers, psychic readers, what do y'all do with all of that energy, all that information? I, I don't know about you, but I'm hearing a lot of pain, sadness, complications, murder, mayhem, madness. 
What do you all as readers do with that energy? Where do you place that? You know, that has to be, as the queen is, is here to offer, cleansed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's got to be re- regenerated out, out, out into to creation. Otherwise, mm-hmm. if you do not carry it with you on to the next client, you indeed carry it into your body. Yeah. And we see that a lot with preachers because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not here to offend any churchgoers. You all are very religious, but y'all aren't very spiritual. And y'all are not paying attention to shadow work. Y'all are not paying attention to uh, the, the growing body within the, the community where, 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 where it's not a sin somehow all of a sudden uh, to be gluttonous and to eat what we want and to grow really, really, really big. You know, but when we look at these preachers who are working these schedules, you know, preaching two or three hours, maybe a few times out of the week, you know, they take all of that into, into their bodies. Just think about the most legit preacher you might know. They've taken all of that into their body. And when do they retreat? When do they get a healing? Uh, in traditional African-based systems, that's built into the, the hierarchy of things. We, we can't operate without elders. We can't operate without those who are above us, who are ahead of us, who further along the line, you know, in, in the spirit walk than us. So there are things that I absolutely check my elders with. There are things, uh, cousins, that I text Nigeria for, Ghana for, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. I need you to go and get Baba and go, go and ask Araba, you know, I, I need some facts, you know. So mm-hmm. um, we've, that, that learning has to be lifelong. You have to be willing yeah. to be humble to know what you don't know, what you need, and, and that, too, is a part of the healing, you know. Yeah, even healers need healers. And that's part of it, you know, is it's remembering we all need to be healed. Healers need healers even more than anybody because you do, you take up on that. And so, you know, when you say what do you do to to do that or what, what do you do to get rid of that, it's something that you really want to pay attention to. And there's different ways that you can do that. Um, definitely by making sure that you stay in your own space, you stay in your own head, meditate. Um, there's cleansings that you can do. Um air cleansings, there's oily cleansing, there's all kind of cleansings that you can do. So I definitely suggest that people kind of research what that looks like. Find you someone that you trust that's in that because in order for you to help somebody wholeheartedly, you really, really need to expel all that energy. It's real. It's valuable. Um, just make sure you take some self-care time. It's real. Ross Singer, um, I like your comment. Humans create swarms sometimes. And we are seeing so much of this lately. I, mm-hmm. I like that comment because it suggests something that I've always taught and believed. Um, we are not separate from nature. And so, therefore, mm-hmm. by being human, we think, again, that we are God, but also separate from nature. And we are God present in nature. Mm-hmm. And so we, we have an animal nature. We have an insect nature. You know, I'm quite sure we, we, we have bacterial nature, you know, a, a, about us. And so we're able to sort of ascend and descend. That's one of the, the gifts or handicaps, depending on how you look mm-hmm. at it, of being human. Our ability mm-hmm. to ascend and descend the, the evolutionary ladder by our own choosing. And so mm-hmm. in that moment, you know, if I call you that name, you know, if I 
call you out of your name or disrespect you, you know, you might allow yourself. It might be instinctual. Your, your animal instincts might kick in, and then you instinctually act in your animal nature. Mm-hmm. So I believe we have, uh, particularly if you are a person who meditates and meditates regularly and understands the dynamics of meditation. So not just sitting and doing the ohm and zoning out, but also creative meditation, you know, taking journeys in your body, t- taking journeys in your imagination into outer space. Um, so in doing that, as a, as a young person in my teens going into my 20s, some of my exercises would be to pretend to be an animal. Think like a bird. What would a bird see in the same space that you're sitting in? What would a bird's experience be? And actors also do the same thing. There are classes that, you know, you pretend to be a dog, you pretend to be a bear, you pretend to be rain, <laughs> you know, you pretend to be wind. You know, that's a that's an ongoing joke we make about children and, and kids play. You know, my child was chosen to be, you know, the tree, or my child was chosen to be the wind. You know, but there's an elemental connection there uh, to voodoo. And we see it in Zongbeto. We see it in Galede. We see it in Egungu. We see it in other Paro. We see it in other forms of, of masquerade beyond just Egungu that, that many of us who like those videos um, are, are, are seeing. You see the moving mountain. You see the moving trees. You see the movement of, of nature. Um, in the idea that we have legends still in the indigenous world about humans speaking and being able to talk to rocks, to trees, to animals, again, it suggests a part of our consciousness that may very well be in that part of our brain that science says we don't use, that we don't tap into anymore, that allowed us to go into our insect nature. You know, some of us have a keen sense of smell, I'm very sensitive when my ha- when the hair stand up on my on my skin. I, I think that's very insect like. When when the hair stand up, that that electromagnetism, that energy, there's a meaning to that that's instinctual. But that part of us that makes us God, you know, that that's where the protocols, morality, value, making choices. You know, we look at nature and we say, oh, my God, the lion ate the gazelle. And it was, you know, we, we have a place where we can make choices and, and we can think about the after effect and we can think about the past and the future. And, and that's what makes us godlike, that that may, what makes us a product of, of those who supposedly partake of the, of the fruit in the garden that made them like God. You know, if we believe the story, the magical book says the, the serpent, Dambala, Oshimare, suggested that if you eat this, you're going to be like God. So to me, that doesn't mean, you know, I'm going to be able to produce what I want when I want. You know, it also means rules. There's great organization to God's creation. You know, so there's definitely not a God who just does and says what it feels randomly. It looks random, but there's no randomness to this. I post a video on my TikTok. I make this look easy, but it's not easy. <laughs> you know, there's a system behind this. A, a detail, and, and anyone in this room who's one of my Chef Bougie or Reese, any of my godchildren will tell you. It looked random. It looked like stuff is just placing, 
No, there's an order to the, to the universe. We look at the skies and the position of the planets and the bodies, and, and we might say, oh, that looks so random. But, but we know it's not random. It's like the moving inner wheels of, of, a, of the world's finest clock that, that keeps us where we are in the middle of space right now, that, that keeps us from oblivion. And just to make this harder on your mind, what if we are in oblivion? Sometimes I play these mind games. Well, what if we're already dead? What if we're in a black hole and we just don't know it? And Earth, just like we see starlight thousands and hundreds of thousands of years later, what if Earth was destroyed thousands of years ago? <laughs> and we just some memory of that. And we're repeating some projected memory of that. You know, I've that's the kind of stuff that I do with Ori and with crystals and with my clients that really expands consciousness and our understanding of what voodoo is and what Orisha is and how gods, you know, whether they be comedic gods or, or Aztec gods are able to speak the world into creation and then say that if I'm a god, you're a god too. Because that's what they Christ said. If I'm a god, you're a god. The greatest things I do, you can do. So just mm-hmm. what if we we're in a in a in a black hole and life been ended, and we're living out just the memory of and 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 we keep, you know, just like you go to that that party and it was so good, you know, when you were a teenager and then for days, so much you just remember how good it was and you remember what they had on and you you know what if this is just a memory, you know, and we're already in the future, we're already in another space and time, it would definitely make our understanding of what pain is very different. You know, it is because of athletics, um, uh, beloved, that um, I I look at pain very differently because, you know, whether you're weight training or or just training for for general health or, or learning a martial arts, there's a certain contractual agreement you have made with your body to push beyond the limit, to, to endure certain levels of extreme discomfort, <laughs> you know, to get to places of, of growth and improvement. And we've just gotten so weak constitutionally with technology. And we, we talked about this the other day. We, we don't have to look for our water. We don't have to look for our, mm-hmm. our firewood and, and our, how we're going to feed ourselves, how we're going to power ourselves for today. We don't have to rebuild our house every few days because the weather, you know, tore it down. So that has affected some of our uh, race vinegar, some of those insect sensibilities, some of those animal sensibilities. Many of us Mm -hmm. live in too much artificial noise. One of the things I love about New Orleans is my ability to open my doors and to hear birds 24 hours a day, to hear different kind of birds, to see hawks and crows and, and songbirds. I don't remember that too much in the city. I, I had to go way out or you had to, you know, find an isolated park or, you know, you can go to the lakefront in Chicago, but then you got the water beating out the sound, you know, and so we are so disconnected from nature. And, and that's at the heart of what Ifa and ATR and Voodoo is, sort of trying to regain what's natural in us. You know, and about us, cousin. I feel like um, you getting a pass today. You're not saying a whole lot. 
I'm just listening and learning and growing and expanding and evolving. But I do want to add one word to what we're talking about. And that also now is clarity. We have, you know, the clearing, the cleansing, all of that. But we also, after all of that, we should have another realm and a higher form of clarity. So let's bring that into the equation, too. Yeah. So, so, so be clear about what we're cleansing. You know, everybody's got a bundle of sage today. You know, everybody's got a, a bundle of sage. Now, y'all know I speak against bundle sage. I have some, but I don't burn it. it I, I have some that I've had for a decade. I just don't burn it because I know that white sage is becoming extinct. There will be a time that you will not be able to go into your botanica and find your white sage wrapped up in the pretty string at all because we are killing it on a trend. And, and I'm not saying, you know, stop with your sage. I'm just saying be more conscious uh, about nature. Now, for many of us, except for my south of the equator, um, southern hemisphere listeners, South Africa is going into winter. Forgive me. But we're going into summer. And so there's no reason for you not to have a sage plant. Sage grow like evergreens, like, like rosemary. Sage is one of the easiest plants to grow. We had a, a, an extreme frost, a, an extreme freeze in New Orleans this year. Unusual extreme freeze. More than once, my sage is still green, still lovely. Still, still still, growing. So there is no reason for you not to grow your own sage. And, and not just grow your own white sage. There are other varieties of sage that you could also, you know, be cultivating so that we don't kill off not just the plants, but the varieties of the plants that exist. Because think about it. If we kill off the, the diverse, diversity in the food, you kill off the diversity in nature. The plants, the animals that are available, etc., which ultimately trickles down to us. So we have people, ethnic groups, hominids that don't exist anymore, who 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 evolved out of the system. And so, you know, when we think about TV shows like Star Trek, why is it always just one or two black humanoids? And depending on which variety of, of Star Trek you watch. They're half alien. Somebody in our, in our society believes that there will be a time we will not exist. Mm-hmm. M- much like we like to think about the, the indigenous Americans. We, we, we assume their extinction. Even though we know, especially where you all live in Oklahoma, that they're, that, that they're thriving and well, but they're not what they were 200 years ago. And so we're doing the same thing with, with nature our relationship to nature. We've lost touch with where our food comes from. We're killing off our bees. Uh, 20 years ago, the focus was on our frogs, which I haven't heard anything about, by the way, either. Um, the, the, the mutations being found within frogs, the disappearance of frogs in certain regions uh, where you would naturally find frogs. I tend to hear frogs in Treme, but only after great tropical storms, hurricanes, uh, when, when the water has been greatly pushed in, you know, to the city. 
Um, I, I, when I go into Mississippi, I encounter frogs, you know, but, but we have to get more in touch when we say healing, when we say cleansing, when we say clearing. What are we clearing? Let's be clear about it. What are we cleansing exactly? So that was sort of my reason for saying, you know, we all get sage. Mm-hmm. What are we cleansing exactly? Well, where, where are we waving bundles of sage around? So what, what exactly are we removing? Mm-hmm. So it's too easy to say, oh, we just cleared the energy. Well, what is the energy? Our energy, the energy out here, other folks' energy. <clears throat> because as the three of us have shared, it, at first we've got to start with you. Mm-hmm. How clean are you? To be out here cleaning me, <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> how healed and well are you to be out here healing me? It's got to start in the center and then work its way out into our families, our communities, um, and, and, and develop support centers, you know, beyond just the virtual ones where we can sort of come together and, and celebrate um, our ability to, to be self-creating. I think we just have to look at the... Uh... You gotta look at the benefits of the cleansing too. The cleansing, the clearing, you know, working from Wari, and especially if we look at Wari as the first part of the clearing and the cleansing, all of that, and the clarity. Because when we're dealing with our Wari and we're making sacrifice to our Wari, we're, we're uh, uh, feeding, we're, we're cleansing our Wari, then that opens the clarity for so many other areas of our life, right? So, you know, we can go directly back to the group. Like uh, in Iwani Ogunda, it talks about, you know, that Ifa wishes the person well. His Ori is the one that, that wears a crown. His Ori is the one that wears a crown. The Ori uh, would see him uh, enthroned. So what is it saying? It's saying that your Ori has the the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the depth, all of these things, and when we clear it, and when we cleanse it, then now our ori is that which holds all of that wisdom. How do we make proper decisions? We have to have clarity in our mind. How are we able to manifest the power, the magic, all of those things? How are we able to manifest it? we got to have clarity. we got to have cleansing. We have to cleanse it. We have to clean it. All of those things, right? And he said that, you know, so what is the what is the sacrifice? What is the offering? It could be everything from the thing. We want sweetness, so we use honey, right? We want good things, so we might use gin. We might, clarity, we might use shea butter. We might use these, these elements to, to, to bring forth those things, right? And then he says that if we do these things, then life will please us. We'll have peaceful life. We'll have, well, or we will then elevate us, right? <laughs> so therefore, in all areas, like I'm talking or we, but we also know it's important for our house, for our reasons. Our reasons don't want to live in a very dirty environment. And in order for them to manifest their magic within us as well, we have to look at the, the living environment, and we have to look at all of that. We, we can't have clean Orisha but dirty house, right? Mm-hmm. The house, then, if it's dirty, it holds all the negativity. 
You're cleansing, you're cleansing, you're clearing. All of that. Clarity. You start seeing that your energy feels lighter. Right? So all of these things work in unison for the for all that we're talking about. And so it is it is and, and then going into your going into your study of whatever spiritual tradition you, you practice, it doesn't really matter right now. It's it's really like if you study Ifa and you go into the verses and you understand the verses, right? And just like I read out of uh Iwari Ogunda, mm-hmm. the the Ori and the importance thereof to uh facilitate all the all of these things, whether it's Wudu, Wudu, whether whether it's 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 something else. It's all about how we're taking care of the thing. You know, mm-hmm. with with the Moro Kini, she she does my uh house. And when I come home, it's like a whole different you know, I feel like I'm floating on air sometimes, you know? And so the cleansing of, of the the cleansing of the, the area so important. It brings clarity. The clearing of the negative aspects, the adjugin, the whatever you want to call it, so important. Even her other practices and what she does with the eggs and the the, uh, the coconut and all that other stuff, you know? All that stuff that she does, I bear witness that it helps clear a lot of stuff out of our bodies, out of our minds, out of our negativity around us. So I just, we have to look at all of those things. Yes, the stage as well. Afterwards, the prayers that we're doing as we're cleaning, the the, the things that we put in the, the cleansing water, you know? Maybe we're adding the natural things. We're adding... Uh, she has one that's called Oshun that I use that that brings that that cinnamon feeling, that cinnamon in the the uh the other stuff that she put she'll talk about that. I don't know what she puts in it. But you know, all of those things, it brings a different energy like Oshun is blasting through. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I might even add some more of the the um the the Florida one. You know? So you know, we look at this, I, 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 I'm going to be quiet after this because I want to learn more. All of those elements and aspects are essential to development of the clearing, of the cleansing, of the clarity, of all of those aspects. I guess I hear you also saying, um, you know, we can do rituals. Church right. was a ritual. It's all kind of rituals. But where is your head in the ritual? What are you thinking about in the ritual? What is your expectation in the ritual? What is your projection of, of, of a result of the future in, in that ritual? So, yeah, we can all wave some sage. We can all burn some frankincense and myrrh. You know, we can all lay red brick dust down at our door. But if there's no meaning and no intent and no, yeah, and, and no energy behind it, then we're just performing another ritual. You know, we're just, yeah, you're just going through another act and another motion. And, and so, I, again, I think that sort of magical audience often expects results from just doing an activity without understanding that interconnectedness that's necessary for any practitioner to empower their work. Even for the magician and the magi, you've got to be clear and empowered and whole as a practitioner 
to imbue and empower the work that you're moving forward, right. that you're doing. So, so it's one thing. We can find secrets and recipes everywhere. We can right. Google secrets and recipes. You know, we can bing singles and uh, uh, re- secrets and recipes, and everybody's got a mix for cinnamon. Everybody's got a mix for honey. Everybody's got a mix, you know, but what's the knowledge, the power base, the energy behind it? We've, we've also talked about in previous shows the power of our collective energy. And so Ashe is not something that anybody owns personally or possesses personally, but it's a shared thing. It, it can be um, sort of uh, imbued upon a person, place, or thing. But it's a shared or collective energy that we feed and, and rebuild. Um, Christians believe the same thing. Mm-hmm. Muslims believe the same thing. The power yeah. in that coming together and to bringing that energy typically into one place, in, un, under one roof or into one ceremony. But even mm-hmm. in, our, in our virtual intention, we can all choose to place our intention, pure intention, into yeah. one place. And see a demonstration, see a movement of, of that love and that in that energy and that power. Um, and you know, so it's God like force, right? It's that God like mm-hmm. force that we just talked about that we all possess, that we all create, and it comes from that intention. So, just like you said, it's the knowledge base, but the intention because you can get whatever, wherever, and that's where education comes so much. But nothing works without true intention, and the intention is using that magic, using that who you are to possess those things that you create, your co-creation, the things that you want, you know, those outcomes that shadow work, <laughs> the lifetime journey, someone just made the comment, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's things like that, but all of that is based off of you. So yes, do we have things that we can go and we can get services from people and we can do that? Yeah, but all of that still derives from within our own self because nothing works without you. Even if you have the best person wanting to do for you with all the purest intention, if your intention to receive is not, then it will not be. So it's still all the same. That's one of the foundational points of what this is really all about. You know, and and that also goes back to what the clarity is. Clarity brings the true intention. You're now focused to be able to know what it is that you're looking for. You're able to know what it is you seek. Sometimes your brain is so scattered because you have so much, you know, you don't know what it is you want. And that's why people go seek 10,000 different things versus staying and, and doing your meditation work and your breathing exercise and just finding that part. But that's where we talk about when I hear clarity that's part of the gift of what that um, cleansing and, the, and that whole thing, what it does is it provides you that door, that wheel to open up to actually know what you want. And that's why you can have the ashe to see what you, you can You can manifest your beliefs. You can manifest your vision because now you see it, it, it's in a, in a clear vision. So I agree to everything that's been said today, most definitely, um, from the comments to the panel. It's just really good. The other thing is looking at even the Abu. You know, Abu is all about cleansing, cleansing, clearing. You know, it's all about clarity. If we have proper mind and proper spirit and proper heart going into Abu, then that Abu should therefore then also be uh, bringing forth the cleansing, the clearing, all of that, and especially manifesting clarity. It be maybe not the clarity within ourselves right away, but we know we got to do the work to develop that. But the clarity in the situation as a whole, 
It brings an energetic difference and an energetic change. Mm-hmm. That then, if we're not doing the work, we actually just we we just wasted all that was done. So we got to make these other changes in ourselves in order for the uh, book to then manifest itself and clear and cleanse out mm-hmm. whatever was negative to to change the orientation into positive. And then with that also, that still goes to everything we talked about. Because everything we talked about has to be with the mind of change. If we see all these things going on, but we're not willing to make the both within ourselves, the sacrifice in ourselves of change of thought, change of behavior, change of action, then no matter what you're doing, you're not going to have the cleansing and the clearing, the clarity, all of that within your 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 uh situation, circumstance, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. And, and you hear and you hear that a lot. You know, I went to this person, that person. You know, it, it worked for a minute. It worked for a while. Now I'm back at it, you know. And, and, and again, as I suggested before, it's often looked at as something outside ourselves. If you mm-hmm. just fix that person, that place, that thing, I'll be all right. And so we, we, we live in a, a peculiar time right now where it's, it's challenging sometimes for us to look at ourselves and look at where we might be lacking, where we might need to, to be empowered, where we might need to sort of check our own uh, window, our own mirror of things, and, and, and be willing to question honestly why, where, in what way do particular manifestations in, in my life begin and end with me. Mm-hmm. Because, because if I'm God, it really begins and ends with me, ultimately. No matter what you do or didn't do or said or didn't say to me, it, it, it ultimately ends and begins with me. I create mm-hmm. and create my reality. So again, we, we look for the ritual, the, the quick fix, the magic spell, with, without thinking that I have to address anything about myself without with, with, the, with the belief that I have no shadow work. You know, there, there's a degree of narcissism there that, you know, we're perfect, we're fine. You know, and, and, and indeed, if that's the case, then your life should mirror that. You should indeed be perfect and fine. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't have a, a health problem in the world and, and, and no one around you should either. But, but we know that that's not the reality. We indeed have work to do. And, and, and when we're done with our work, we're, we're done with this plain existence. Mm-hmm. We're done with being, you know, on earth. And, and unfortunately, that happens with children who come and, and live but a moment and are gone. And then we have those who, who live to be powerhouses in their 80s and, and 90s and, and, and even into, into their hundreds before they make you know, that, that transition. So no one knows for sure sort of the ending and beginning of your work. Only the creators and the ancestors indeed um, know that. There's an understanding that I've heard that people have, particularly with elders. Sometimes people know when they're going to die. You know, sometimes even young people or people with terminal illnesses, you know, get a premonition or, or a sense of intuition that connects them to their that moment, you know, when they're going to make that transition. But no one ultimately understands sort of the fabric 
that holds us together in terms of our work. And indeed, our light work and our shadow work hold the fabric of, of humanity together. And, and when that role is done, when that project is finished, we're supposed to move on to the next thing. We're supposed to evolve on to the next thing. So be careful if you say you have no shadow work, but you're not where you want to be. You, you can't project positive feelings about where you are. You know, you aren't grateful and happy and satisfied, you know, just where you are in the moment. Um, I say it at least once a day. If I'm, if I'm not blessed again, if I never get one more gig, if I'm never on TV again, you know, if I never got another, another client, you know, I, I, I'm good in terms of where I am in my journey and, and my willingness to sacrifice and give and live my life, you know, for spirit. I won't have a whole lot of regrets if I check out tomorrow. I won't have a whole lot of regrets. Are there things that I would want to do? Yeah, places that I haven't been yet that I would love to go? Absolutely. But in terms of the purpose, ultimately, what is purpose? Are we here just to have fun and check out? Are we here just to shop and go to Disneyland and maybe go go to Jamaica once or twice and, and give our life, most of our life, to our job, our career? You know, that's the life our grandparents grew up under. You know, that they worked 50 years, 40 years at the same got job, retired, got to go watch in the pension, and, and then they depended on their hard work to then develop through their children. They expected their children to have an easier life, a better life, a, 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 a less of a hard time at it than, than what they went through, than what we go through. So the work never ends. The, the, the idea that, you know, one has no work to do um, doesn't compute with me. The other co-hosts might have a different take on that. Uh, but I think if you have no shadow work at all, um, then we should probably be prepared for your, your holy transition. <laughs> yeah, I think we all have shadow work. It's one of those, it's, it's another thing that's like you never stop learning. You know, if you ever think that you're through learning and something's going on. But, yeah, I definitely agree that we all definitely um, need to make sure that that's, that's something that we pay attention to, and especially as healers, especially um, as practitioners, we go into that. And it's just for the safety of ourselves. It's for the safety of others. But it's, it's really important to understand that this is a journey um, and nothing just It's really a journey. Ross Singer, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Um, yeah, I like constantly, it, it, and co- as constantly as you are conscious of it, as consciously as you are conscious of it. So absolutely, any time that, that you think, that you question, you know, Big Mama used to say that. If you got to think about what I might say about it, don't do it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what Grandma used to say be, before she said, don't get that switch. That's what Big Papa used to say. If you mm-hmm. got to question it, if you got to think about it, then yeah, you probably need to question it, you know, mm-hmm. and to think about it. And depending on where we are in our life, in our development, in our maturity, in our age, there are all sorts of distractions that get in the way, you know, energy, emotion, love, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes attraction, you know, all kinds of things that get in the way and distract us you know, from my journey. And so that's why I say it's all a test. It's all a challenge. It's really a, 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 a living video game. 
if you will, that we exist in. And I'll, some of you are uncomfortable with the word game. But, but it's literally a video game where you, where you decide, you know, what's safe, what's not safe, where the monsters are hiding in the video game, you know, how you earn your points, how, how do I gain fuel, <laughs> you know, how do I earn more coins, you know, towards my goal, towards my, you know, destination. Life is much like a video game. And, and in my opinion, if you choose to see it that way, it's much more entertaining. It's much more fun, you know, rather than thinking, oh, God, this is just, you know, grueling. Oh, I, I got to get up now and go to this job and deal with this. You know, I, I would play games with that when, when, when I was in the workforce. I would set out things on my little notepad, things that I would want to see or that I would want to hear or things that I would want to make happen. You know, I would carry various, you know, crystals in my pocket, hidden, of course. Nobody ever knew I had them with the intent of seeing certain things happen in my environment. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I would play with the energy, you know. So, so when a supervisor comes ranting and raving, you know, oh, yeah, I knew I shouldn't have carried that black obsidian stone today. You know, that truth stone that makes people tell the truth, even if they don't want to tell the truth. You know, you've got to look at life, just like I'm sure um, Oloye would say about athletics and martial arts. If it's all pain to you psychologically, your perception is it's all pain. Then no, you're not going to enjoy this. You're probably not going to be a successful student, you know, and this might not be the lane for you right now. You've got to be willing to want to challenge yourself, to push yourself a little bit, to go to the extent of your comfort zone a little bit, whether it's athletics, whether it's playing the piano, whether it's, you know, learning to sing, whether it's writing, it's an extension of creativity. And so in healing, you've got to be willing to look beyond your comfort zone. To look in the inner mirror. Yeah. We talked about the inner mirror the other day, right? And we, looked, we, we talked about going down and how we sometimes miss that we're not nurturing ourselves. The other part in the middle, looking at, we, we don't see in our inner mirror the beautiful side of ourselves. Going down and then at the bottom, now we're at rock bottom and we have no choice if we want to come up but to work on the healing aspect of what we have to heal. But now here's your clarity and your cleansing and all of those areas. Now as you come up and you're building and you're working on these things, you start seeing a little bit more of the binding disappear, disappear, disappear. And when you get to the point where you can look at yourself in the mirror again, you can then say, man, I went through hell. But now look at me. I can smile. I I, I can see myself looking beautiful. I can feel myself feeling good. And now when I get back up to the top, it's all about how I'm willing to nurture myself now. And now eat right, think right, talk right, walk right. What I'm able to, what I choose to take in has to be in alignment with where I am in life. How I choose to, to move forward in my life has to now be in a certain alignment. And if something is not in alignment, then I have to step away. But I have to clear my mental, my mentality, my mental, out to, to really know and, and feel and see what it is that's truly benefiting. Yeah. Yeah, um, Nathan Burns, I'm not exactly sure why you're apologizing. Um, if it has anything to do with what I said, there's nothing to apologize for. Um, if your photograph is an a- accurate representation of who you are, 
you 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 young beloved you still learning and, and we're all young beloved no matter how old the oldest person in, is in this room we're still learning but but the truth of the matter is we don't live in a perfect world Indeed, if we lived in a perfect world, then then your world should be perfect, your inner world should be perfect, and the world of those who intersect with you should indeed be perfect. Uh, also, I think when you do all those things that Oloye just suggested and you reach that level of success, not just happiness and, 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 and stability and overall well-being, but your economy is right and, and your bills are paid, you still then have an obligation to do for others. You still then have an obligation to take care of you and yours, but also where you live. Uh, you know, I don't know if many of you are aware of this. They have very different land ownership laws in Ghana and in Nigeria. And so like here, you can kind of buy and sell and own forever. You can only lease land in many of these countries. It's owned by the nation or the people of that ground of that ancestral ground. So you can lease a, you know, a plot and, and build your house on it maybe for 75 years, but then it goes back to the village. It goes back to the ethnic group. So everything that we do, even in this Western society, feeds the other person, even if you are not conscious of it, even if you're not aware of it. Your left, your right, your ups and your downs, you, you know, you're dropping that, that trash, you know, on this block and not thinking about it. And now it's out of your world, but now it's in my world and I've got to clean it up. And mm-hmm. if I don't clean it up, it ends up in the water. And so then it ends up in, in, in Omo Rokini's world because now it's particles mm-hmm. in her water, you know, and, and, and it goes on and it goes on. So there's no just me. There's no healing that's just about me. There's there's no growth that's just about me. There's no success that's just about me. And and when we operate in that vein, no matter where you are in the world, because we got some dictators, some tragic leaders all over the world who are doing great damage to the environment, to nature, to the people, you know, because they're not operating in wholeness, in wholeness. So just getting the material wealth is not the answer. Just getting a material celebrity is not the answer. What then do you do with it? How then are you going to apply it? I was taught that if you aren't a good steward of what you have now, why then would God and, and, and the creators gift you with more when you are indeed not a, a good steward of what you already have? You know, how, how beneficial is giving a crackhead a million dollars? They're going to be a million dollar crackhead, okay? If, if, if there's no stop, and restart, they're going to be a million-dollar crackhead. You know, so we've, we've got to do that inner working, that, that inner healing, that inner cleansing, that inner purifying. And I do it every day. I try to share what I do as a teaching tool. I try to talk about my routine sometimes, Queen. You know, what do I do when I get up in the morning? What do I do when I'm confronting, you know? And so <laughs> any bath, any shower, any hand washing, is an opportunity to extend your spiritual repertoire mm-hmm. and, and, and to turn that into Ibori, to turn that into Labe Pet, to turn them into an opportunity to spiritually cleanse. I think in Islam, you have to ritually cleanse just going into the mosque. Mm-hmm. There's a certain way you cleanse 
So there's certain motions that you use that are very ritualistic. So, so it's not just the activity. It's not just the pouring of the water. But what are you saying? What are you thinking? And Ifa, you, you got Ome Tutu, Ona Tutu, Ile Tutu, Ori Tutu. You know, so there's something you're saying, but there's also something that you're doing, but there's also something that you're thinking, conjuring, if you will, and, and a projected future, a projected outcome. Be clear about your outcome, y'all. I don't care what your religion is or lack thereof. I don't care what your spiritual persuasion Get clear about the outcome. That's the most uncomfortable moment in my reading. Beloved, I've heard your request. What is your anticipation of the outcome? What do that look like for you? Oh, I just want to be happy. Okay, what does that look like to you? I just want my marriage to be fixed. Okay, but what does that look like? Because if you can't tell me what that looks like, I already have some indication that you're going back to doing exactly what you did before the ritual. And so therefore the problem is just temporarily repaired. Mm -hmm. The minute you get out of my sight, you all are back to your old behavior. So what is your expectation of a goal? What does health Mm -hmm. look like to you? What does wealth look like to you? Play around with that in your imagination. Think about that in your imagination. You know, if I had it, what would I do with it? If things were well, what would that look like? You know, if I could make this happen, what would the steps be to make that that occur? You know, I get real specific. You know, how do you reach that goal? We tell our kids to graduate, get a, get a high school diploma, go to college, get a job. But nobody really tells them how to do that, right. especially the school system. Nobody mm-hmm. really tells them how to do that, what that looks like, how that feels. You know, that you're going to be out in the world and you're going to have to pay these bills and that bill. You know, I, I, very few schools even teach budgeting, <laughs> you, you know. And if the parents don't talk about it, don't go into detail about it, don't say, baby, I get up some days and I don't feel like going to work either, but I got to keep these lights on. You know, then your kids become disconnected, not just from where their food comes from, but how to live and how to survive and, and, and move on to the next generation. Our indig- I know I'm talking way past now. So I would say it's the power of the unknown is where a lot of people get stuck. And, you know, the no clear intention is where people don't know the answers to what they want to do next. And so I've heard you say again once before, research. If you don't know what it is that you want to do, research. It's about that clinic closing and clearing aspects of uh, to receive that clarity. Clarity is just that that part of where it is to get you to say, okay, this is what I truly want. There's a blockage there for a lot of people, and you just don't know where to start. And so, you know, there's never anything wrong with just just researching, researching, trying to figure out what that looks like from whatever, but trusting your own intuition into going into what into those situations because the answer. I don't know is not an answer, and it leaves you blocked. But that's where a lot of us are stuck is into the I don't know. And so we just, you know, but, you know, it's about that research. It's about going out there and be willing to. You know, a lot of us are not even willing to get up and go. It's just you're stuck right there because you're stuck in the uncomfortable. It's getting out of that comfort zone. But if you really want this, then you'll, you'll do it. But I think a lot of people just don't even know where to start because we are in this generation to where it's just shriveled down the line of so much brokenness. You, you're more comfortable in the in the unknown. 
Yeah. And and as you mentioned earlier in the show, there are so many just random options that Mm -hmm. are now available to us, particularly particularly with the devices and the technology that we can sort of Google and search. Um, but but there's still even with all those options, there's no guide. So sometimes I humorously compare it to buying toothpaste. I mean, my God, have you ever just stood in the Walgreens or the CVS and just looked at toothpaste? <laughs> how many types of toothpaste do we need? How many brands? How many flavors? And what's the difference? I, I, I'm a label shopper. My mama taught me to read labels. So for me, it's a nightmare. Because I feel like I'm being tricked. Well, what's in this product that's not in this product that this product is cheaper or this product costs more? You know, and then they play around with the wording, you know, so they don't call it sugar. They call it something else. You know, and so, you you, you know, like you said, you got to really be willing to, to do homework. And unfortunately for some of us, technology has made us lazy. It's too easy to quickly Google and then take somebody else's opinion. Because often when you're Googling, you're, you're getting the, the mass opinion. What has been researched the most, what has been Googled the most, will often be the first page of results that show up in your search engine. You know, particularly if we're talking about IFA, Yoruba culture, Fong, Airway, your, your wording got to be real specific to really pull up authentic responses to certain questions, you know, to certain, you know, certain information. So technology, just like the lab rat, has made some of us lazy. We've gained a little weight. We're not really too quick to sort of jump up and, and do what might appear to be hard or challenging. And so I don't know where athletes get it from. I really don't. I took martial arts when I was 15 for maybe three weeks. <laughs> but oh no, y'all got the wrong guy for this. No. <laughs> and then it took a minute for I realized, okay, this means there, there's got to be some real physical contact here at some point. Oh no, I wasn't ready for that. You know? So yeah, we have to know what we're getting into, but also know where our comfort zone is, help our children to explore their comfort zone. We put so many perimeters and boundaries on our children's ability to sort of explore their own inner diversity. And so you expect your child to be the basketball superstar, or you expect your child, you know, to be prom queen, you know, without allowing sort of that room for playing in the dirt, playing in the water, playing in, in the clay, taking your kids to museums. If you can't travel, go to a museum. You know, let them see the rest of the world. Let them see other options and, and alternatives. Um, I will say, though, the last thing that I'll, I'll probably say on, on all this is sometimes we also have to look at the struggles that we go through, the losses that we take, the people who leave our life, the, the things that, may, that might leave our lives. And we have to look at that in regard to maybe we don't understand that at that second that there's a clearing, that there's a cleansing that needs to happen because Maybe this particular person is not in alignment with what is in their destiny. Maybe what's coming to the table is not in alignment with this person themselves, maybe have not released in themselves, is not in alignment. So even though you feel this pain and, and hurt and all this, that sometimes 
organically as it is, this this, this person winds up leaving or this, this situation winds up going this way. But then we don't see that there's a cleansing that's happening. And then at the end, sometime in the future, a clarity will come like, oh, wow. I, I didn't know that person was doing all that or this or that. And then that clarity then says, wow, going back to that, I'm so glad, you know, if I has done this because it hurt like hell at that moment, yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. But there's a, a lot that goes. I, I think we have to look at the cleansing and the clearing, the clarity, all of that. And I know I'm missing a word in there. But um, of of every single aspect of our life. So look at every single aspect of our life and see maybe this particular thing happening is supposed to happen because maybe the creator is is bringing us to this place where we have to learn to be able to let go. And they say let go and let God. Mm -hmm. So to let go and let God. So that we are not sitting there stressing and fussing and huff about people, about situations, about a job, about whatever the case might be. We take the human pain, we take the human hurt, but then we have to transcend and let go and let God and then see at the end where clarity comes to us. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I empathize. When you're going through, you think it's the end of the world. You can't see any other option. It's very hard for you to even project what it might look like in the future. Um, I'm grateful for Hurricane Katrina. Hurricane Katrina changed my life. I wouldn't be here now if it weren't for Hurricane Katrina. I wouldn't be on TV if it weren't for Hurricane Katrina. I probably would still be in a very different place in my journey if it weren't for what would have otherwise been one of the worst things that could have possibly happened to us, you know, Mm -hmm. So, again, that idea of perception, is, is it just, are we going to just accept that it's just painful, or are we going to look for what's the lesson, what do I gain in this struggle? There's something here for me to salvage. There's something here for me to grow. There's something here for me to develop. And, and we fear pain. We fear a little bit of a challenge. We fear a little bit of a discomfort. And we'll take a, you know, Alka-Seltzer, Papa Aspirin, you know, co- cover up the symptoms rather than to really get to the root of what the, the problem might be. Listen, I appreciate both of you all's time and effort and energy. I need to give me some water and something to eat. Um, I'm certainly appreciative of, of your of staying with me a whole two hours and 20 minutes. I'm certainly grateful to my audience and my participants. Uh, Neophyte Bokur, I hope we can work out whatever that problem is. Um, no one else ever in the chat said that they couldn't um, get into the link, and I'm not sure who who besides us uh, actually tried, but no one else um, reported it. So I pray we get that straightened out uh, by next show. So thank you so much, uh, beloved. Thank you. Omar Kenny, you are absolutely welcome to come back and share and be a part of the show and participate and Self-promote, you know, whenever you feel, you know, at your leisure. I've learned so much within these last few weeks, um, so I really am grateful for your platform, and I just encourage you to keep doing what you're doing because there's still some of us that just really need your support and your help, so thank you. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. And and to my cousin, uh, I'm gonna put a little bit of a pressure on you now. <laughs> I really do think that at some point we should bring some West African presence into the show. And, and indeed, if you can get your Oluwal to participate in the show, I certainly would appreciate that and, and, okay. and, and make room for him, you know, as well. But I also want to sort of bring back elements of my old platform. If I'm talking to some um, some practitioners, um, Awos and a few Ianifas and some people from some other ethnic groups in West Africa, and I want to also sort of integrate that opinion into the conversation, sort of in the spirit of what we discussed before, um, just like white supremacy, black people can't fix it. White people have to be involved in it. And so for us and ATR, you know, absolutely we can create our own path, our own destiny here. But I think it's important that we integrate the West African and, and the indigenous world footprint so that we can simultaneously grow and support together so indeed that these continue on uh, into the future and not just in museums and in books. Thank you all. Thank you so much, um, Clarissa Brooks, Hotep Wu, beloved, Neophyte Bokor, Dark Soul Jua, uh, Anthony, beloved, thank you always for your continued uh, support. Uh, yeah, you make some powerful comments. We certainly appreciate you. Arisha, uh, Nathan Burns, Rob Singer. Hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. Of course, my cousin and Ile Isese, Ola Deji, Shamafia. Thank you all for being present. I look forward to being here with you next time. Arisha, remembering that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veil. And of course, I always appreciate my co-host. Listen, I know this is like a job, you know, and, and I'm sure, you know, Denise can't do it every day. And, and I, I get that. Uh, she also got a whole other life going on. But this is like a job. And, and for people like uh, particularly Oloye and myself, and maybe you too, um, beloved um, Chukwu, I just don't know enough about you yet. Um, this is all we do. Mm-hmm. For me, it's ministry 24 hours a day. If I'm not acting, if I'm not acting or performing or doing a TV commercial or something, it's, it's ministry 24 hours a day. Um, and, and, and my mom complains a little bit because she's an evangelical minister. Um, so she gets it. So I have to be reminded to eat. I have to be reminded to drink water. I have to be reminded to sleep. I have to be reminded yeah, that I'm human. Um, this is seven days a week. Some of my clients and some of the people in the chat know this best uh, because they're God children. So I might be on the phone with them three hours after the three-hour show. You know, that's six hours out of your day right there, seven hours out of your day right there. When you really start counting it, you know, ministry is as legitimate as any other hard-earned, you know, job. Um, it, it's just been bastardized and appropriated and misrepresented, you know, in, in many ways, you know, and that's another discussion. You know, mm-hmm. cricket preachers, TV evangelists, you know, the, the government and, and the Republicans and how they manipulate church and religion, 
you know, we, we could do a whole show on just that. But um, mm-hmm. for me, and, and quite possibly for the two of you, um, this is essential to what I do. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is my way of opening the doors of the church, opening the doors of the mm-hmm. synagogue, and allowing people to come into the village space and, and unite under this umbrella of ATR. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we would just be overrun with terror readers and witches and mm-hmm. practitioners and, and just mm-hmm. this, this confusing, you know, smorgasbord of options that are, that are out there. And many people are seeking guidance, consistent mm-hmm. guidance. Mm-hmm. I've learned that the hard way. Some people are really disturbed when I'm not here regularly. Mm-hmm. People are really disturbed when I'm filming a movie and, okay, so I, I don't broadcast for four days. They're really disturbed. We might be the only consistent thing in their life. Mm-hmm. Just like going to church every Sunday. Yeah, church. we might be the only consistent. So this for me is, a, is an extension of that ministry. Um, of course, the readings and, and the consultations often come afterwards, um, well into, into the night. But this is sort of an extension of that. I also feel we need to present a demonstration what does Afa look like? What does what does Ifa look like? What does Voodoo look like every day? Because mm-hmm. because again, people are going to church and then hiding Hoodoo in the closet. Mm-hmm. People are non-religious and, and talking about politics at work, but then burning candles at night and claiming mm-hmm. they're invoking the ancestors. And so there's a separation there, yeah. and you know that that needs to be brought out, you know, into the public mm-hmm. space. So that's why I do this. So I know I ask a lot. This is your first time on my show, um, beloved. So I don't know if you've done this before for anybody, but yeah, it's a job. It's a job. It, it is, and so it's it's best to prepare if you can. Have to, even if you don't know what we're gonna talk about, because often I don't know what I'm gonna talk about <laughs> until until 20, until twenty minutes after the show gets started. Okay. I am bracing and stuff sometimes, like, okay, which way is he going to go? Oh, which way is he going to go? Oh, okay. I better look at the stuff real quick. Yeah. It's easier if I get feedback. Like, for instance, if you all choose a topic, okay, I, I got something to anchor to. Right. And often I'm going to choose something that's general enough that anyone can talk to it, including the audience. So we say spirit. That's so general. You know, mm-hmm. even when we say cleansing, you know, some people thought we was going to talk about stage burning and, you know, and, and how, you know, people have their different perspective of, of where we were going to go. So I knew that was going to be a, a opportunity for, for diversity, you know, mm-hmm. in the show. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I, um, I don't always know. It's not always easy. Um, my mama says it all the time. A preacher really has to plan Sunday Sunday sermon, and that's mm-hmm. it. But we doing sure. it. But we're doing it every day, mm-hmm. every day. So we might not call it a sermon. We might not call it preaching. But to some degree, that's what we're doing. Just, just in a in a in a ATR sort of demonstration mm-hmm. of that. So yeah, I know I'm asking a lot on my cousin and, and even on my guest. Um, so I would only assume that you're here because you want to be. Exactly. And, and I appreciate that. But I want, to help, I want you all to develop, though. If I can help you beyond, I'm willing to do that. Um, the, the, the administrative technical stuff, because um, I had to learn all of that the hard way, setting up a mm-hmm. website, how to navigate social media, 
how to grow in ranking, how to get people to come to the show. You know, I, I had to learn all of that the hard way. And then how that translates into clients. Because mm-hmm. it's one thing to sit in that chair, queen, for two hours, okay, every day, and, and not care whether you, your bills are paid or, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's a whole other thing with ministry because i got to keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm not here to because I have nothing else to do mm-hmm. or just to have fun. This has to translate into people taking this seriously mm-hmm. and then contacting us afterwards. So mm-hmm. I, like, I like how my cousin has his card behind his head. I really mm-hmm. like that. Um, you might want to do that for yourself. You know, okay. uh, Remember to mention your website. Also, I invite both of you to use the chat a little bit more. It would be easier on me if y'all actually were in the chat. I wouldn't have to. Ask, I wouldn't have to respond to every question. I wouldn't have to acknowledge every off-the-cuff comment because I, I literally can't talk and chat at the same time. I, I have a, I have a brain freeze. So be prepared to copy and paste your contact information into the chat, your website into the chat. You know, because I forget to advertise. So make sure you're doing that. Mm-hmm. As, as well And so I'm going to let y'all go Because I've had enough right now <laughs> <laughs> Alright I'm going to get I'm going to text you I'm going to text you so real straight Cousin I will see you What's today? Wednesday the 14th Okay so I'll see you Friday All is a blessing Alright All right. Peace and love Odabo Thank you, Blog Talk Radio. And, of course, you got to hear a little behind the scenes and what do they be talking about when they're not on the air and all that kind of, got, all that kind of good stuff. So until next time, I'm going to leave you with the little Grigri suit by Ben E. Hunter, New Orleans local Ben, he, ben E. Hunter. Grigri suit. <laughs> Dash of cayenne to the roof Gonna put on my Greek grease suit Boil a gumbo Hot and steady Don't care if Freddy ready Gonna free at that old cemetery Down on Claiborne where she's buried Fire on the bayou When a black cat scratch at two Under a full moon that's blue Chant some magic words, Kufaru A dash of cayenne to the rule Gonna put on my Greek grease suit Black top hat, black suit too, single rod that molds this through, 
I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes like the shades do. A dash of cayenne to the roof. Gonna put on my green green suit. Yeah. Black top hat, black suit too. Same old ride that Moses threw. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black shades too. Going free at the old cemetery. Down on Claybone where she's buried. A dash of cayenne to the roof. Gonna put on my Greek grease suit. Black top hat, black suit too. Same old ride that Moses threw. I'm gonna get them balls out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black sheets too. Gonna pray at that old cemetery. Down on Claybone where she's buried. A dash of cayenne to the room. Gonna put on my green, green suit.